2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the week eight edition of your Pro Football Focus PFF Fantasy Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine. I am back. I hung out with Mickey and Minnie for a a nice little week down there in Florida, but back to the football grind uh, with our favorite co-host, Mr. Ian Harditz of Pro Football Focus. Uh, Ian, dude, I missed you. I, I heard you know, you've been get you've been getting some grief on these helicopter plays. I disappear for a week and and you smash it, dude. What's up? I mean, why why can't this happen when I'm on the show?
3: Funny, uh, funny how things work out. But no, it's <laughs> you know a, c- a couple of variables last week. One, uh, you weren't here, and two, <laughs> we did change the uh, selection process for a little bit. As we were talking about a little bit before the show, uh, had that week six come around where it's like Jefferson, Swift, Julio, they all smash and they were all you pro- know they all projected ownership over five percent because pretty much any like semi decent play does these days. So you know we were just of the system a little bit still not taking you know top five salary guys or anyone with the uh, you know ownership above 10 but i do think the you know the, the newer system is going to lend itself a little bit more kindly uh, in this little fun competition we've made first
2: yeah i do the millionaire maker review articles for roto grinders for premium members and last week the the most chalk that's ever hit the highest average ownership a uh, combined of all the top 10 lines was the highest it's been in three years of me doing this right the chalk smash last week and it's a new NFL. There's more scoring. The good quarterbacks are playing really well, and we're using them in our lineups, and it's just making it really hard to find the low-owned plays that do well. There are some here and there. Some of them just sort of come out of the blue. Some of them maybe you could have had a little foresight to use, but yeah, it's a little bit different NFL season DFS-wise and even on the field than we've ever seen before. We got to adapt as players. So, uh, yeah, I like that because I agree with you. It's getting really tough. The number of low-owned players in winning lineups, too, that's 5% or less, it's at its lowest level that it's ever been in three years of me doing this. Again, because the good plays are playing better in the different NFL. So uh, I like that you made a little bit of change without me me here behind the scenes hawking on you to to try to get 5% or below. Uh, but but let's move on uh, to the manscaped man, I, the mismatch manifesto. I'm I'm angry. I missed out on all that stuff last week. Uh, but we got the mismatch manifesto going here, Ian. Uh, you look at a lot of different sort of you know offensive line, defensive line pass rates and all this sort of fun stuff here Uh, i've got the explosive pass rate pulled up here let's sort of jump into this what's going on for week eight in the nfl
3: yeah so you know general idea behind the column has always been when we talk about matchups it's always you know offense a ranks ranks x you know defense b ranks ranks y and we're always kind of looking at two different metrics so the idea here combine that and get one way streets uh, for everything so you know first of all as i'm sure we'll talk about throughout the show we got weather concerns all over the place so keep in mind that you know this is not, you know, looking at whether that is a separate variable you need to consider. But with that said, Aaron Rodgers, accompanying company against the Minnesota Vikings through the air, looking set to smash. We saw them do that in week one. And, you know, the fact that Rodgers have been so much better at Lambeau uh, throughout his career. I mean, look, they can, uh, you know, if he can zing that thing through the wind, uh, should have, you know, Devontae Adams, maybe even Marquez, is Scantling, and Alan Lazardi might have a chance to be uh, back this week. So we'll see what happens there. And also we got uh, Josh Allen going up against the Patriots. You know, normally I think we just kind of be fading him immediately, but Hey, Stephon Gilmore got this knee injury now. John Brown will be back in the lineup. Not a situation I'd be willing to go to in cash, but uh, could be a sneaky uh, GPP stack there. The Patriots, they've been giving up some big plays through the air this year. You know, they've still been a solid defense, but uh, could be a situation where a fully healthy Bills offense can give them a little bit of a, a problem. So those are two that really stick out. And then, uh, you know, just other uh, Ryan Tannehill set up pretty well. Uh, Jared Goff as well, but. Goff doesn't really have the volume Tannehill battles that too, but at least against the Bengals secondary compared to the dolphins uh, Tannehill is someone that, you know, maybe not cash game viable, but you know, wait, he's a guy's been playing like a top 10 quarterback these last two seasons. I think uh, we got to continue to treat him like that this week.
2: Uh, I do want to know you mentioned the weather, I've got the Roth report pulled up for everybody. This is probably the ugliest weather all combined in one slate That I've seen normally we might have one win game or two win games and I think there's like four or five this week Uh, we already had one last night in Carolina but we got Tennessee at Cincinnati 20 mile per hour winds New England at Buffalo cold rain snow high winds Raiders at Cleveland Rain, 25 mile per hour sustained winds. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers, Minnesota at Green Bay, 25 mile per hour sustained winds. New Orleans at Chicago, 25 mile per hour sustained winds. The cutoff's usually around 15 miles per hour sustained winds. Um, that's what I've always heard from Kevin Roth. Again, we're recording this Friday afternoon. Always a little tough, right? Is, are the winds gonna be 17 miles an hour Sunday morning <laughs> or are they gonna be 35 miles an hour? Hard to tell, just keep that in mind. It's gonna be really important to know what's actually going on in the winds uh, in the pregame shows and search in Twitter for all the stuff Sunday morning, because if the wind dies down in that green Bay game, let's say it's 18 mile per hour winds. That's a lot different than 25 mile per hour sustained with 40 mile per hour gusts. And then that game becomes a lot more attractive. Just keep all that in mind. You're going to need updates Sunday morning, roto grinders, all the live shows maybe a little plug for myself. I'm filling in on the GPP show, 1120 to 1220 here on Roto Grinders. You can catch me for on that uh, for tournament exposures. And I'll have try to have the, the most up-to-date weather I can get for you guys on that one. But yeah, very, very tough week in the passing game out there, Ian. So if the passing game, if it's not going to look good for a lot of these guys, maybe we can go to to a couple things in the run game here. What's standing out uh, that in that maybe in the run game in the trenches?
3: Yeah, looking at uh, yards before contact, you know, just using this to try to isolate offensive line play, and you know, kind of independent of what the running back's doing. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, this Sunday night game, we can't uh, get too far in on the Eagles facing that, you know, just brutal Cowboys defense if you're playing on DraftKings. But, you know, Boston Scott, truly treat him as a top 15 uh, back this week, you know, and he is set up to smash uh, with the week's best matchup and combined yards before contact per rush. Also, uh, run games are set up really well. Well, Daryl Henderson against the Dolphins. I guess you can throw Malcolm Brown in there, too. Hey, maybe, maybe. Cam Akers, probably not. It seems like Sean McVay hates him at the moment. But, uh, you know, Rams either way are set up well against the Dolphins defense. That has been really good, but I think that's more in the secondary with Byron Jones. I think teams are able to run on them. And, you know, if Tua has a rough, you know, debut could be a situation where the Rams are playing with a lead for most of this one. And then also the Chiefs versus the Jets uh, stick out as kind of number three best run game matchup of the week. Look, last week, I mean, it was a situation where we saw DeAndre Washington uh, play a good amount but it was all in the fourth quarter of a blowout this was in the first three quarters of the game Clyde Edwards-Elair 18 snaps Le'Veon Bell 17 so you know we'll see how long we get neutral game script uh, in this one against the Jets I think it will be another you know blowout induced game but you know as long as this remains a game I think we can kind of get used to seeing a 50-50 snap split from Clyde and Le'Veon okay it's not going to help Clyde get that top five stats we were hoping for but both these guys can be RB2s with this sort of usage Yeah. Go
2: add that minus 3000 to every bet that you make. I don't, (laughs) whatever little equity is it. I don't think that she, is there any way, even if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt on the first play, the chiefs win that game by double digits, right? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I think so too. Uh, Let's go to a couple other things. I skipped over them at the start. Uh, Pace is something that's always important. I've scrolled back up to it on your sheet for everybody watching live on YouTube. What are the quickest matchups we can expect this week?
3: Yeah, Cowboys at Eagles because the Cowboys, you know, they, it looks like they've decreased the pace a little bit. You would think maybe now that they're down to their third quarterback, they're really trying to change the offense. But again, the fact that, you know, they lost Dak and just really didn't try to change a thing and just tried, you know, to assume that Dalton could kind of bring out the same sort of offense, despite the offensive line woes just kind of speaks to the just kind of disastrous coaching the Cowboys have been dealing with all season. But you know with the Cowboys still uh, you know insisting on moving pretty fast you know again cannot stress enough fully fire up these Eagles uh, throughout the week also had the Titans and the Bengals popping a little bit yeah I mean monitor the weather man because the Titans Bengals uh, could be one of these games that we see both offenses uh, putting up plenty of points Titans you know aren't a bad defense but haven't been great at getting consistent pressure on the QB and that kind of has been Burrow and that offense is kryptonite on the uh, other side of the coin though we got the 49ers and the Seahawks popping as you know the slowest paced matchup of the week we got 49ers or 30 second uh, in the league. They just do not make a habit of moving very fast. Seahawks don't, re- uh, don't really do so either. Now, will it really matter because neither of these secondaries can guard the offenses? Uh, I-, I wouldn't worry too much about the pace here, but, uh, you know, something to keep in mind. And then finally, the Saints uh, at the Bears, another matchup that's kind of popping out as not being all that high pace. You know, you're, you're playing Alvin Kamara still and, uh, you know, maybe Michael Thomas in his comeback, but I think with the Bears in this tougher matchup and just their offense hasn't been doing much of anything lately, you know, you throw in this kind of lower pace, might be a situation to avoid for another week
2: yeah you got to put all the pieces of the puzzle together because even though the pace in that San Francisco Seattle game is slow that's the I mean that's the only game of good weather with a big total with a lot of plays we're going to want to use this week so what's going to win out in the end will be interesting to see how it all plays out uh, what else do you want to talk about from the Manifesto article?
3: Yeah, quickly uh, looking at pressure. Uh, Daniel Jones is going to be under all sorts of pressure that Monday night game against the Buccaneers, and we know how good they've been against running backs as well. So, you know, in that you know kind of showdown slate, once we get there, I mean, do not be afraid to roster that Buccaneers defense uh, pretty much any lineup you have. Also, Lamar Jackson against the Steelers. Anyone playing the Steelers is going to be under a fair amount of pressure. I would just note with, uh, you know, this Steelers defense, look, they are great, but, I mean, I think that Baker Mayfield game stays out to everyone like they haven't shut down every single passing attack they face this year by any stretch of the imagination we've seen guys like jeff driscoll carson wentz put up over 250 passing yards and throw for multiple touchdowns against the steelers so you know this is not a matchup where like i'm fading lamar jackson as a top five qb i think he needs to be in that conversation any day of the week you know okay i I think with this first half of the season uh, being done okay we've kind of realized that lamar is in this every week overall qb1 of the qb1s uh, that we grew used to seeing last year but this guy's still anyone's idea of a you know a high-end qb1 regardless of the matchup and then finally yeah sam Darnold against the chiefs gonna be a massacre there i mean jameson crowder out he lost his you know underneath option so not good you know if you can pay all the way up to the chiefs 4500 good for you but gonna be rough and then uh quickly i would just note you know on the one of my favorite charts here is the combined epa tab we've been doing a little bit worse than it was the start of season with uh getting the overs uh you know when it is two teams both facing positive matchups it is a 23 17 and one on the season so if you look at the chart you can kind of see we got another Let's see nine matchups this week uh, hitting it. So again, don't just blindly do it. Keep in mind the weather, keep in mind the pace, and you know the matchups and all that stuff. But the matchups that are really popping as just both offenses, uh, you know, setting up well: Vikings-Packers, Titans-Bengals, um, and then also the Raiders at the Browns. So again, unfortunately, we have weather uh, concerns and all these things. But you know, we really do have a lot of matchups on this slate where uh, both offenses should be able to have their way uh, with the defenses as long as Mother Nature can stay a little bit out of the way.
2: All right. If you want access to that and more over on Pro Football Focus, you can get that with your Edge subscription uh, over there. Uh, Before we jump into our bets, I missed out last week. Uh, I want to talk to you guys about the FanDuel Single Entry Series. Uh, It's been going on for a couple of weeks, week six through 13. So it's been going on since week six. Don't feel like you've missed out if you haven't played yet. So it's a single entry contest of three different buy-ins, 33 in a hundred. So why haven't you missed out? Because your top four combined scores count at each buy-in tier. So even if you missed week six and week seven, you still have weeks eight through 13 to post four good scores. And if you happen to do that, you can advance to a $20,000 final on FanDuel. So make sure to check that out. That is in the lobby over on FanDuel. A great way to level the playing field. One singular entry, I'm, as much as we like lineup HQ, right? You don't want to play against 150 lineups sometimes. Uh, you can do that in the FanDuel single entry series. Uh, all right. I want to jump into some bets here. Uh, I'll do it pretty quickly. I got two for you. And my, my first one is it's a lot of things you probably shouldn't be doing, Ian. So you're playing a team from the Monday night game and they're traveling west to east, right? You, you probably don't want to do one of those, yellow on both of them. But I, I think the Rams going up against Tua in his first game. It's just I don't know. I think the Rams are a much better team unless Tua is better than maybe even Joe Burrow is. I think Tua has to be halfway decent in practice, right? He was great in college, but he's got to be showing something for them to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick because they're not the worst team in the in the league by a long shot with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, but I just think the Rams are they're too good on defense. I think they're going to be able to oppose Uh, a pretty big problem for Tua and that Miami offensive line. So I like the Rams. I got them at minus four on Monday. It's minus three and a half. I'm going the wrong way on the line (laughs) on this one. So if I can get some at three and a half, I like that. And the other one is, I don't know why the Chargers are just three and a half in Denver because Denver just stinks. Drew Locke ain't it. And Justin Herbert is. And this, this is just too big of a matchup differential at the quarterback position to be three and a half. I know the Chargers... They like the charger, but I think Justin Herbert's going to maybe move them out of that realm and turn them into a pretty good team. So those are probably the two I'm looking at in this week.
3: Yeah. Herbert playing some uh, great ball. I like the Rams call, man. I mean, with that defense kind of losing Wade Phillips and stuff, we wondered how they would be this year, but a really good piece on PFF.com by my coworker, Seth Galina, where he just kind of really got into the schemes and what they've been doing uh, this year. And this Rams defense, man, is it's not good. the matchup that you want to be the best facing. In the league. Yeah, exactly, man. And for that to be to his first career start, I mean, And to your point, maybe he's been doing good in practice. It seems more like to me they kind of just circled this first game Mm -hmm. post-bye week. So, yeah, I think it's going to – you know, two of them might have a great career, but – don't think he's going to have a great Week 8 uh, 2020. I like that call. Uh Two bets I like. Went 1-1 one and one last week, hitting the Panthers plus 7.5, but because the Bills couldn't find the end zone even once, uh, unfortunately, ridiculous. the Jets got that cover. So, uh, it is what it is. But I like the Colts and Lions. Over 50. We got no weather concerns uh, inside the Dome. And, you know, this Lions actually moved down a little bit uh since opening up, which was surprising to see because Detroit offense, since they got Kenny Galladay back, we were talking about the number one passing game in the league in EPA per play. Stafford's gotten back to get that double-digit average target depth you know they're still giving the ball to Adrian Peterson more than any of us would like to see but you know at Rivers and Jonathan Taylor coming off a bye I think we see the Colts offense you know a little bit more of a groove and again I don't think really either of these defenses including the Colts who I just don't think I've played anybody uh, to this point I think both offenses are capable of winning their respective matchups Uh, so yeah give me the over there and then I really like the Seahawks uh, minus three 49ers defense it reminds me of kind of like the Broncos to an extent where you know they're so well coached that they're still you know performing pretty well in certain matchups but we've seen them they they went up against the Dolphins and then flashes of those uh, Eagles and Rams games where they're facing you know more or less real uh, NFL offenses and results haven't quite been as good so you know credit to the 49ers defense for playing hard it's been great to see Jason Barrett uh, back there making big plays but they're so banged up and I just don't think they can hang with you know truly the league's most explosive passing offense right now so you know you take away D and most are from Jimmy G I know the Seahawks probably can't uh slow him down but at some point like Jimmy G he's the definition of a system quarterback right now and the system is losing a lot of its parts so I'm not so sure he can keep things humming uh, and again anyone's idea of a tough matchup three just seems a little bit soft to me I'm fine riding with Russell Company
2: I like both of those as well uh all right before we jump into the positions uh, I want to mention to you guys if you are new to Roto-Grinders Premium, if you've never subscribed before, if you see Gridiron IQ on my screen and you see it light up like a Christmas tree, if you hear us talk ownership, if you want to make multiple lineups, if you want to read my Millionaire Maker article and you want to get access to all this stuff on Roto-Grinders, uh, I'll give you $5 off your first week. Uh, you go to rotogrinders.com media PFF. Uh, so instead of $39.99, you'll get it for $34.99 for your first month. Uh, save a couple of bucks, five bucks, throw that in the FanDuel single entry series, right? Take that down and thank me later on that too. So uh, if you're ever looking to check out Roto-Grinders, a little discount savings for you. All right, let's talk some plays here. I, I want to note real quick while we've been doing this show. Uh, we've got Aaron Rod- or uh, Aaron Jones basically not going to play. He did not practice today. Looking like we're going to get another week of Jamal Williams uh, and Stephon Gilmore. You mentioned him. He wasn't spotted at practice today. I'm going to I'm going to imagine they hold him out. There's talks they might trade him too. no reason for him to risk an injury. So those are a couple little things that we got as we progressed through the show. The Aaron Jones one. Uh, probably the one that's going to appeal. We're, we get to we get to run it back again with all the plays that worked last week. <laughs> <laughs> they cost more, but i I think we could still do it. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: no, I, I think you're right, man. That that's and that's going to kind of enable us, I think, to pay up here at the QB position. We're on the same page uh, at QB and cash get up to Russ because, you know, there's just so many weather concerns elsewhere. It's like maybe you can go all the way down to Jimmy G at a 5,400, but, you know, I think I would rather do that in tournaments, man. If you can find a way to get that Russ Metcalf locket uh, stack, you know, in your cash games, I just think you got to try to do it. Again, 49ers, not a bad defense, even though they've had all these injuries, but you need a juggernaut defense to try to slow down the Seahawks passing game and that's not what the 49ers are at this moment. So, uh, w- with you on, on Russ and cash, and then, you know, I would just say about Jimmy G, no, no deep no, moster is it is concerning but I mean the Seahawks just truly have given up more uh, you know receiving yards to the wide receiver position all year you know Kyle Shanahan versus this defense he might be able to just scheme Jimmy G and the three touchdowns regardless so it's so funny you know just the type of yards that we see uh, Jimmy G pick up league Lehigh 69 percent of his uh, passing yards have been on yards after the catch this season and I think Dwayne Haskins is the only other guy even over 60 percent so maybe it's just like my inner just kind of you know being a uh, just a uh, football guy in my Core that I see the way Jimmy G is picking up these yards, and I'm kind of hating on him. But you know what? In fantasy football land, we don't care how the production gets there as long as it does come. And, you know, he did show off, you know, a heightened ceiling last year we haven't quite seen yet. So, uh, Russ and Cash, Jimmy G, and Yeah,
2: you had a nice statistic on that Jimmy G uh, stat right there. But I got a couple more for you. Uh, on the Seattle defense because uh, I we're, we're stealing each other's plays. I think Russ is the play if you can get to him. We always want to pay down a quarterback because we want the skill position players, but quarterbacks have been winning weeks too, right? We saw that with Kyler Murray and these guys are popping off for thirty fives and forties. Twenty ain't cutting it anymore. But I do like Jimmy G. Seattle. Uh, you look at the the. All the grades, the team grades on PFF, I like looking at this stuff. Instead of individually, it wraps it all up as a team. They are second in rush D grade. What do the 49ers want to do? Run. So that's strength for strength. So maybe that doesn't work. But on the pass side, they're 31st team grade in pass rush, 14th in coverage. So maybe they can cover, but they can't get to the quarterback. And Seattle's allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They're 30th in DVOA, 28th in adjusted sack rate. I mean, he's going to have time. That's not really Jimmy G's thing, but he's going to have time to throw – you got Kittle, Ayuk. they can get those little, you know, five-yard dump-offs, turn them into 20-yard passes. Kendrick Bourne ain't, like, he, he he's good. I think Kendrick Bourne's pretty good. Don't sleep on him. He's cheap this week too. That's where I'm going to be looking at at quarterbacks and for tournaments. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Devin's got the helicopter play tuned up from last week, but I'm, I'm stealing it from you. I'm going back to Justin Herbert. All right. Because he's like he's, he's good and the Broncos stink and nothing really on the defensive side stands out in the matchup, whether you look at PFF or football outsiders or gridiron IQ, I just think he's good. And I think he's got really good receiving targets. Keenan Allen is way too cheap too. So you can stack with that. Maybe you want to not use Keenan Allen all too much, but I, I still think he's in, in store for a pretty good game. Uh, and his ownership is low. I think ownership is going to be relatively spread out, but I don't think Herbert's going to be where it's going to go. Uh, So I like him in tournaments. Just there's all these weather games and this one doesn't have any weather concerns. So I'm looking at it as a, as a place to go in tournaments this week.
3: Yeah, I like that call. And, you know, everyone's so heavy on Keenan Allen. Don't be afraid to go back to Mike Williams. He's not going to just dud every single game of the year. We know what he can do when he does get the ball. Obviously, Keenan is their undisputed number one when he's out there. But, you know, yeah, to your point, uh, Herbert's going to put up numbers. You know, they had a uh, Virgil Green go out. He's throwing touchdowns to backup tight end. So at some point, their big bodied monster of an outside receiver, Mike Williams, is going to be the guy hauling in those uh, dimes from Herbert.
2: All right, if I give you the contested catch team, it's Mike Williams, it's Kenny Galladay. Who, who's who's going to be rounding out in the slot for
3: us? My guy Auden Tate. Auden he's Tate. Gonna, all right, get, yeah. give put, him some put, more reps.
2: Put, put all those three on the same team for us. There,
3: incapable honestly. of making a boring catch, as I like to call it, because he's so slow, it gets no separation. <laughs> hey, hey, none of that, <laughs> none
2: of that. All right, let's go to running backs. Well, real quick, anything else at the quarterback position you want to talk about?
3: Nah, I think that about sells it. Uh, okay, actually, real quick though, I do think, um, you know. <laughs> The weather concerns are so brutal, but I mean, the fact that Derek Carr is priced at 5,500, I mean, Come on. Nick Foles is more expensive. Rivers and Cousins. I mean, Carr even came out and said like the new identity of this Raiders passing game is throwing downfield. It's wild. We have seen for so many years the reluctance to throw downfield. It's never been about talent with Carr, and that's what's made him so frustrating is that the guy won't throw downfield because when he does, it's beautiful, but newfound passing upside. Carr already has five games this year with 250 plus yards and multiple scores. He only had four such games all last season, and only three such games in uh, 2017 and 2018. So, you know, Rugs Ag Laura Waller hey if if you know by some grace that the you know mother nature can get those uh windy balls just into the hands of those Raiders receivers I'm not sure the Browns can uh, slow down this passing game the Chiefs sure couldn't
2: yeah I just think the game really suits Darren Waller you got Henry Ruggs running all the clear outs and those little five-yard dumps off to Darren Waller on the win that sounds really good to me so I think he's a really nice tight end play Uh let's uh let's go to running back I think the stone cold cash lock of the week is going to be Kareem Hunt Uh, I looked at like four different data sources gridiron iq pff football outsiders you know all this fun stuff and it's, it's literally the best possible matchup you can have in the world and then you factor in the weather too when you see the wind in the rain it gives you know it, the defenses play a little tighter but it's just it's more opportunities for the running backs so you've got kareem hunt coming in here the raiders are allowing the second most fantasy points per game to running backs highest percentage of targets in the league to running backs they're 22nd in pffs rush team grade you know rush defense grade as a whole uh and uh news news alert the browns the number one run graded blocking offense for pff this year the raiders defense is horrible everywhere so there's plenty of ways to score hunt can get in the end zone two three times he's the full workhorse role 92 percent of the snaps last week The stone cold lock, you pair him up with, we're going to have Jamal Williams, we're going to have Geo, we're going to have a lot of, you can pay up for Kamara or Derrick Henry. There's a lot of ways to go, but the guy I'm building around this week is going to be Kareem Hunt.
3: Yeah, and hopefully, uh, you know, you all tuned in last week and uh, when I g- gave you Hunt as the cash game play and just noted that, well, you know, he is the workhorse running back. He just hadn't quite had the role to begin with because of fourth quarter cramps and the blowout. So, yeah, Kareem Hunt, Stone Cold cash lock, I'm with you. Again, no one played more snaps than him last week. So, if you can get Hunt in there, that's great. At some point, though, you know, if you are going with the Seahawks stack, you're going to have to uh, find some room to pay down. I think Miles Gaskin represents just about the cheapest uh, cash game running back that we can kind of get behind here. He is the early down, pass down and goal line back now especially that Jordan Howard is remaining a, a healthy scratch or at least has been over the last two weeks uh, before their bye week so you know going to Tua seemingly won't help but I don't know if it's really going to change uh, Gaskins just overall you know touch ceiling or floor we don't really know this is a little bit of uncertainty there but I mean the fact he's sitting there at 5200 as someone that we should project you know to probably finish with 20 touches uh, just a situation where I think uh, he is just far too cheap than he should be I mean I, I get it uh, you know going with Jamal and Geo and everything but Gaskins is Get a good amount cheaper than all of them. And I think, you know, he has a pretty similar uh, touch uh, uh, projection. Not, not a great matchup against the Rams, but, you know, defenses don't matter. Running backs don't matter. We're just uh, kind of going with the with the volume play here. I uh, would also note, uh, Jamal Williams, I just, you know, if you got the 400 bucks to get up from, uh, or excuse me, 300 bucks to get up from Gio and Jamal, I would we just you know, we have such a higher just faith in this Packers offense than the Bengals as a whole, you know, Burrow been playing some great ball. But, you know, these rookies, there's going to be a floor game at some point from him and Justin Herbert alike. I don't know if this matchup is necessarily going to be the one, but I think there's a lot more safety uh, with Jamal Williams and Giovanni Bernard uh, with GPP. I would just say that, you know, I, to your point about Kamara and Henry, you know, always being viable cash game-wise, it might be causing uh, Dalvin Cook to be gone a little bit on the radar this week. Back in action, we've had Gary Kubiak say that, you know, they're not expecting to have a pitch count on him, and the Packers have allowed more fancy points per game to the running back position than any other defense uh, to this point. So, you know, if you do want to pay up and get Dalvin Cook, you know, we are looking at someone that's going to have, you know, 15 to 20 carries and hopefully five plus targets as well, and that's just kind of on the low end of things. He's always a threat uh, to just completely blow up and win the slate. So, Dalvin cook whenever he's you know even a little bit under the radar i think we need some uh, viability there and then quickly uh melvin gordon at 5600 if philip Lindsay is eventually ruled out he's going to play a featured role i know it's a little bit icky to play melvin gordon but we got a volume induced revenge game uh, if he falls into the end zone twice won't be the worst thing and then finally before i shoot it back to you Britt, uh, don't sleep on these chiefs running backs i think just because that you know we do have clyde now splitting things with levy on people are a little bit afraid that you know we don't have that kind of same top five ceiling but i mean through three quarters last Last week It was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 18 snaps, and then uh, Le'Veon Bell was at 17. So, you know, DeAndre Washington got in there in the fourth quarter, but split backfield, three touchdown favorites against the freaking Jets, man. Like, there's no reason why Clyde and Le'Veon can't, uh you know, find the end zone, maybe flirt with those triple-digit yards. So, you know, maybe the ceiling isn't as high as we wanted, but particularly with Le'Veon, man, I think, uh, you know, it's certainly a viable play this week.
2: I think I saw Bell's pl- even money to get a touchdown today. Which side, John? <laughs>
3: Sign me up, man. Andy Reid seems like a cool guy. He knows what's going on. <laughs> he does.
2: Uh, we're we're stealing every each plays. Maybe we're maybe we're gonna have a good week this week because I definitely <laughs> like Dalvin Cook. And this goes to sort of I guess your Colts Lions over the teams off the bye week. We forget about them. We're like, eh, hey, they yeah. weren't around last week. And Dalvin Cook, he's definitely going to be under owned for his ability to lead the slate this week, in my opinion. So he's he's someone I I would like to get exposure to in tournaments. I think from Henry. And Kamara, we'll have to see if Michael Thomas plays or not. I think he probably will. Um, but if Michael Thomas is out, Kamara, Henry is where people are going to go. Uh, I like Cook because uh, that's just about as nut of a matchup as you can get. With the weather, too, I mean, everything just lines up for him in that one. I won't steal the other guy. I'll let, I'll let you talk about him a little bit later on the copter play, so I won't mention the name at this point in time. Uh, all right, I'm going to go to wide receiver. A uh, couple things. Hello, wide receiver pricing guy. At DraftKings, uh, why is Keenan Allen sixty two hundred dollars? I don't know what's going on here. Uh his last three healthy games 13, 11 19 targets, uh, from Patrick Mahomes 2.0 and Justin Herbert. How is he? He should be seven thousand dollars, in my opinion. Like I like Kareem Hunt, stone cold lock, cash game running back, Keenan Allen, stone cold lock, wide receiver on DraftKings. How can you pass like you can't pass that up? <laughs>
3: It's wild, man. You you, you have me uh, confused for a sec asking uh, hello there, but yes, it's oh, No, no not to you. you. It's I'm, the, I'm it's talking the, to DraftKings. It's the single biggest uh, pricing discrepancy on the entire slate. I'm with you there. And he is, you know, him and DeAndre Hopkins are the only two wide receivers in the league with a target share over 30%. Obviously Cardinals on a buy. So we truly can uh, project Keenan, I think, for the most targets on this entire slate. I would just say, uh, you know, if you do need that one slot in your lineup to try to save some money, we do have some viable uh, guys at 3,500 or below on DraftKings at wide receiver. Darnell Mooney, if Allen Robinson is going to be ultimately ruled out, which it looks like he is, hasn't been able to practice all week. Still in the concussion protocol. Mooney at 3,500. He's had literally three, like, potential 50 yard touchdowns just overthrown over these past few weeks he's putting jalen ramsey and carlton davis on skates the guy's legit good now playing with nick Foles, you know is always going to be you know a struggle and then that saint's defense i think could be able to pressure him so again there's a reason why he's priced at 3500 but gives you you know at least a shot and then denzel Mims at 3200 crowder looks like he uh, he's going to be out after you know re-aggravating his groin and practice so Mims was out there most targeted guy last week and with uh brashad perryman i gotta check on that but i think he's a bit He's uh, out up was, okay, cool. Yeah. Mems is just going to get, you know, eight to 10 targets. And we got to respect that and fancy that for just 3,200. And then finally, Kendrick Bourne at 3,500 might be the chalkiest of the three. I'm not so yeah, much on him. Bourne's
2: the guy people are playing in cash, I think
3: yeah I, i'm not so much on him the guy i want from the 49ers in cash and tournaments alike is brandon freaking ayuk and i'll talk about him a little bit more in the chopper plays but just realize when debo samuel isn't there they pretty much turn to ayuk as their kind of swiss army knife uh wide receiver that gets some actual run as an rb with those carries he had four carries for uh, uh 69 yards and a pair of rushing touchdowns in uh, his only in his uh in three games uh two of which uh you know debo was completely sidelined so a uh, situation where i think ayuk you know you take away most or you take away. Debo, I think on Kyle Shanahan's play sheet. Kittle's obviously always number one playmaker, but I think Ayuk is probably going to be the guy he wants to get the ball to uh, the most after Kittle. So I uh, love those guys. And then uh, finally, last two plays before I send it back to you. Uh, Marquise Brown at 6,100. Another guy coming off the bye and against the Steelers defense that I mentioned before. They're great, not trying to take anything away from them, but we've seen Darius Slayton, Travis Fulgham. We've seen receivers put up really big uh, games against them. And Marquise Brown, you know, one of these guys continuously popping into the area of market shares. At some point, Lamar and him are going to get on the same page with these deep shots. And then finally, uh, Jarvis Landry at 5,600. To your point about Waller you know, being able to kind of get those lower underneath targets uh, in the wind, I think Landry could be the same way uh, with the Browns working out of the slot. He's going to be their number one receiver now. I know everyone's kind of talking about Rashard Higgins and his newfound role, and that's great, but the biggest thing with OBJ being gone is now Landry is the undisputed top guy in this passing game. So, you know, definitely more of a GPP play. Wouldn't trust him in cash uh, with that weather, but I do think, you know, this is a very winnable matchup for a guy that He's playing banged up, but now might have the volume to uh, overcome it.
2: All right. I'm going to go real deep on my first GPP sleeper. Uh, he's playing the only game in a dome uh, popped off two weeks ago. He has been forgotten. Probably don't know who he is, but he's Marcus Johnson of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he's he's going to be under 1% owned. I think Bourne, Mooney, and Mims, those guys are all going to, Bourne specifically is going to be well over 10%. The other two, well over 5% in my opinion. You can get a 1% on play in a dome in a game you like the over in. Sounds pretty good if you're looking for somebody. I mean, it's Zach Pascal, It's the the ghost of T.Y. Hilton. These guys just, I, I don't know, maybe it's Marcus Johnson. He's I think he's minimum price on DraftKings. Saves you a couple of bucks too. So that's I like an that ultra, ultra deep sleeper. If you want a little bit more known quantities, I got A.J. Green. Uh, all those A.J. Green buy low model air yard haters thinking he was dust. I mean, he could be dust, but he's still putting up fantasy points. I don't know with all the weather in there, he's in there, but he, I think he's like 4,500. He's too cheap on DraftKings. And when you're getting all these targets, because Burrow is just, he's chucking the ball. They don't have mixing to run. Geo's not a workhorse running back. They're going to chuck the ball around the yard. So take a look at AJ Green. I think he's pretty interesting. And then uh, Mr. DraftKings uh, pricing guy, Deontay Johnson, uh, he, he won tournaments last week. He won tournaments earlier in the year. He's getting 10 plus targets in every game. He's healthy and he's $5,500 on DraftKings. and nobody's going to roster him again this week against the Ravens. Take a look at him. I know you mentioned Marquise Brown. Sounds like a fun little stack to put together there. So those are a couple of guys I'm looking at, at the wide receiver position. You like all those AJ Green's probably the one I'm most hesitant on simply because of the weather. But I mean, Burrow's going to throw the ball like 50 times in that game. So they got to go somewhere
3: yeah I'm pissed I didn't think about Marcus Johnson uh, myself he's been a good field stretcher for them even dating back to, to some of the later weeks uh, in last year they trust him for that and this is why T.Y. Hilton we just can't even he's below 5k this week but Marcus Johnson is a field stretcher they prefer throwing their tight ends or even Pascal in the red zone so I don't even know what that leaves uh, Hilton with now he's not even getting uh, he's uh, their tight It's it's been discussed, man but yeah but AJ Green it, it's interesting it seems like Burrow made a conscious choice where he was like you know what AJ Green is not running past anyone Instead of trying to throw these, you know, vertical routes and trying to lead them, I'm just going to throw it back shoulder every single time, and it's been working because uh, you know monster. AJ Green still, yeah, still got that size man. His size, uh, size hasn't gone anywhere with the age, so you know he, okay, he's still not AJ Green from three years ago, but they're treating him like the number one wide receiver still. And you know if he's getting ten plus targets in a you know winnable matchup, then yeah, let's do it.
2: Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, actually, real quick before we go to the tight end position, don't forget if you are looking. To save a couple bucks on your first time roto grinder subscription, you can save $5. Uh, you go to rotogrinders.com slash media slash PFF, Pro Football Focus, PFF. Uh, if you've never signed up before, uh, it will save you $5 off your first month. So if you're looking at ownership, gridiron Iron IQ, or wanna read any of the uh, premium articles here, uh, you will be able to do so. Uh, all right, I'm gonna let you chat tight ends for cash and tournaments real quick. I've got a tournament tight end, I haven't really figured out who I'm playing on cash and, uh, in- uh, fat tight end yet. It's probably going to be the last position I fell out this week.
3: Yeah, I think uh, you know, if you just want to get a, give yourself a little more of a ceiling floor, Johnny Smith at 4,100 seems a little bit too cheap. You know, he got injured two weeks ago, but came back last week, played 70% of the snaps. Didn't get much. He had under 10 receiving yards because they played the Steelers and just ended up being a different game. Uh, but, you know, he's still out there 70% snaps and, you know, he's not even on the injury report this week. So expecting Johnny to be out there in his normal role. We always know he's a threat uh, for multiple touchdowns. And again, in this matchup where Uh, Could see a lot of points being put up. If mother nature uh, cooperates, I'm fine getting pieces of this uh, Titans offense. Uh, And then also with Austin Hooper being declared out, Harrison Bryan at 3,200 is still just 3,200.
2: I don't understand that.
3: Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm fine going back to, well, uh, you know, hopefully tuned into our Sunday morning uh, uh, game day show. I was on, I was a, I was a guest on it. I wrote Grinders last week where we did uh, go ahead and tout uh, Harrison Bryant ahead of David Njoku. So keep going back to, well, I love David Njoku. I, I would love to see him get a chance, maybe in Houston or something down the road, but Harrison Bryant is definitely the preferred option. As long as a uh, Hooper remains sideline uh, mentioned Darren Waller before, as you know, potential GPP guy uh, with Carr. I also think Hawkinson is someone that we should keep an eye on. You know, it hasn't been like a blow up game for him yet, but the guy keeps finding the end zone. You know, it seems like the lions really do know what they have have a, a in hawkinson and that is you know one of the leagues you know top five top eight you know most talented tight ends if you really want to get down to it so i think uh, again sneaky potential shootout lions colts let's just get as many guys that we can from these games that aren't going to have you know 40 mile per hour winds wind gusts lions colts and uh you know maybe titans Bengals do apply
2: yeah, I definitely want Kittle if you can get him, but I don't think it's per, it makes sense to spend $7,000 in a cash game on your tight end position. I'm probably in that. Dar- Darren Waller's probably the guy. I do like him to catch some passes against Cleveland. The Noah Fant, Hunter Henry tier, but I do want to talk Hunter Henry for tournament specifically. I, I liked Herbert as my GPP quarterback. Keenan's going to be the highest owned wide receiver of the week. So Hunter Henry he gives you a little bit of leverage off of that. I think it's a good stack with Herbert. And I think you mentioned the Chargers tight ends, they caught two t- touchdowns last week. How many times are Chargers tight ends going to catch two touchdowns and Hunter Henry doesn't have a big game as and Virgil green. He's, he's done, I believe right with that ankle for a l- at least yeah. a couple of weeks. He's out. So I think Hunter Henry is going to be in there, go back to basically in every snap player this week, they were rotating Parnum and Virgil green in there, probably a little bit too much for my liking, but with green out, I think Henry probably going to play 90% of the snaps, if not higher. And uh, I think he's a nice little tournament play. We currently have him at 6.7% projected ownership. Always a little tough looking at this stuff on Friday. It becomes very, 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 very accurate on Sunday morning when Jamino runs through his final ownership stuff. Uh, and if you ever want ownership and you're a premium member, there's the ownership show. It comes out on like Saturday. It's with him and Escott. And this is this is like my one of my favorite shows on Roto Grinders. So if you ever have a chance to check that out, it is for premium members, but they basically go back and forth debating ownership and plays and all this stuff. Uh, one of my favorite shows. So two thumbs up to those guys. Uh, all right, I think it's the time we're gonna let's you want to skip defense, or you got any defensive takes?
0: Uh, just
3: quickly I I think going Kareem Hunt and the Browns at 2600 probably makes the most sense for a cash game uh, stack you know Derek Carr doesn't make a habit of turning the ball over and he's usually pretty good at getting the ball out of his hands and not taking sacks but you know with the weather potentially changing all that I do think uh, they're viable and then also I would say Green Bay at 2900 you know they got Darius Smith, uh, Jair Alexander a a bunch of blue chip talents out there if they haven't quite come together yet Uh, and Kirk Cousins as we know always has that you know three interception game uh, in his range of outcomes so I do think it's a week where you know you you shouldn't have to worry too much about spending over 3K to get your defense
2: yeah I do want to note real quick I, I haven't done a study on this maybe uh, if you guys subscribe to the Blitz go ask Derek Cardi in there uh, or maybe I could just ask him but the the really huge wind rain games the te- teams can just run the ball so many times that you think you want defenses in those but just be a little bit careful on them I'm gonna have to find out from Cardi uh, if that's true because if they only throw the ball, 15 times because it's impossible to throw the ball in 40 mile per hour winds and rain. There's just limited opportunities for interceptions and sacks. And sure, yeah. you can get a couple of fumbles and you return one of those. You're looking smart. But sometimes that can reduce passing opportunities. So yeah. just keep an eye on that. Um, maybe I'll, uh, I'll ping Cardi to find out some stuff on that for you. Uh, all right, let's get to the chopper plays of the week. Ian, I, I'm holding you accountable because it was 0, and, 0 and what? 0-6 while I was on. 0-6 for this count. And you went 1-0 the week I take off here. I'm expecting a good play here when the helicopter drops on Twitter Saturday night or whenever it is. Give the people the rundown of who's in contention.
3: Let's get it, man. Can't, and again, as always, can't have a top five price tag. Can't have o- projected ownership above 10%. So the four guys I really like this week: uh, Daryl Henderson at 5,900, going up against the Dolphins. It's a nice pivot off of Jamal Williams and Giovanni Bernard. And look, it's another guy that we're going to see get 15 plus touches. It's annoying to see Malcolm Brown uh, remain as involved as he has, but with Cam Akers just being an absolute goose egg, it's not like we have Sean McVay coming out after these, you know, most recent games saying like, "Oh, I, I know it's you know brutal having I mean, to get can of touches." He's just saying pretty much that you know it's not in the flow of the game and they, they don't feel like you know they are able to get them uh the rock so it's truly henderson brown with henderson being you know the league guy and looking like the best running back with the rams so the dolphins much stronger against the pass, you know with byron jones and that good secondary and then the run uh, also dealing you know with some injuries they got guy uh potentially out on the defensive line so if two of that first start goes south i think there's going be plenty of positive game script uh for henderson and brown to get you know plenty of touches if henderson's able to find his way in the end zone once or twice we will be talking so and then also sticking with the running back position, uh, James Conner at 6,400. So last week, you know, he was looking like a pretty good pivot. And I think uh, people, if you just look at the box score, you know, you feel kind of burned about it, but man, he had a touchdown catch nullified. He dropped another one. He got down twice uh, inside the two yard line, I believe on rushes. So it's pretty close to having a helicopter worthy game uh, last week in his own right. But the big thing for me, man, it wasn't those missed opportunities. It was actually the usage because low key going into last week, Connor, you know, I was kind of calling him a potential sell high uh, candidate because he wasn't getting that same every down snap role, wasn't quite as involved in the receiving game. We saw that change a little bit last week. He got back over to eighty percent mark. Had I believe uh, five targets, at least four. So it looked more like his twenty eighteen workload. You know, I realized Kareem Hunt, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Helaire could be maybe a little bit chalkier, but Connor very well could lead the way in touches uh, and being you know at a cheaper price point than those guys uh Kenny Galladay at 6,600 not going completely under the radar but I feel like the last few weeks he's been uh you know in cozy matchups so people have been more willing to get him and people are looking at this Colts defense now which is popping with a lot of metrics so the one metric I will give the Colts a lot of credit on is that they're number one in um contested target percentage. They're making guys work for it. That's Kenny Galladay's game. I mean, Josh uh, Hernsmeyer with 538 wrote this awesome offseason piece looking at kind of the league leaders and separation and what that uh, kind of does for them. And he pretty much pointed out how Kenny Galladay is like almost the exception to this rule and the guy that is able to continue thriving uh, and be a very efficient player uh, despite, you know, not really getting much separation. Had six wild contested catches last week. And again, the Colts are number one in that, but I don't think it really hurts him. And just look at the quarterbacks they played this year, man. And they faced the Jaguars. They got a bad Kirk Cousins game. And since then, they faced the Jets, Bears, Browns, and Bengals. And Joe Burrow, you know, was able to kind of move the ball up and down the field on them. So I'm not afraid of this matchup. I think the Colts defense is a little bit overrated. And, you know, with a lot of this ownership going uh, to A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, I think the middle 6K range, uh, specifically Gallaudet, will be flying under the radar. And last one, and potentially my favorite of the group, is Brandon Ayuk. You know, mentioned before, all these stats against the Seattle secondary. It sounds like Jamal Adams will not uh, be back this week. Either way, I mean, we you know we saw him un- unable to cover uh, Julian Edelman in the slot all the way back in uh, Week Two. Seems like forever ago. Uh, with Ayuk, again, he's going to be getting those wide receiver carries with Debo Samuel sidelined, and he's not this you know, gadget player. Like the routes he was putting on film last week were truly special. I mean, they they are confident putting him out there as a true wide receiver and also just giving him the ball as a running back. So. Honestly, he seems more like a cemented, uh, you know, true wide receiver than Debo, but he can also do his thing uh, with the ball in his hands. So, number two offensive playmaker in San Francisco seems like this, uh, you know, Seahawks San Fran game. As we've been talking about all show, we don't have weather. We got two offenses that can put up points. I think Ayuk is able, you know, has the you know potential hundred yard and two touchdown in the game, and firmly in his range of outcomes.
2: All right, I like all four of those plays. I can get behind every single one of them. So, uh, thumbs up on the chopper plays this week. I hope whichever one of the four you picking in ends up being the correct choice this you week. You and me and, both, man. And we can be two, two and six on the season for you. So uh, that's going to about do it uh, for the PFF show. Happy to be back this week after my week off. Uh, Ian, uh, it's been great. Uh, I, I love doing this show. So much knowledge you bring to it. So hat tip to you for everything you do on the PFF pods and all your articles and stuff like that. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching, listening, and downloading wherever you get it from. We appreciate it here at Roto Grinders. I'm Britt Devine for Ian. Thanks for watching, everybody. We out, you Thank <music> you.